Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's High School Huddle. Uh, in this week's episode, we're going to be looking at the games last week from Week 7, and as well as looking ahead to the games in Week 8. I'm Peter Dawson. I'm joined, as always, by Brian Gossett. Brian, how you doing? More rain, rain, and rain. Yeah, a little cold today, uh, but thankfully, hopefully it just stays away from Thursday, Friday games, get those football games in, but... Peter, I'd like to start by... Uh, this is a rare moment. Rare, a rare moment, moment for Brian Gossett. Yeah, so be sure you're recording this. Do whatever you can. Need to uh, bring out some sincere apologies for Haltom, specifically Haltom. Last week, uh, just did not give them a chance. I did say they'd, they'd uh, lead in the third quarter. but You, I, you did. That's I on did. tape. Uh, but Trinity would pick up the win, uh, so I need to apologize. I speak on behalf of of the Texas high school football media. Wow. Because I believe no one outside of Haltom took the Buffaloes against Trinity. Uh, they are for real. They, they're for real. They beat Trinity. Mighty, mighty Trojans. And uh, they are 6-0 and now. So, you, so, so apologize, please. You, Forgive me. He is man enough to admit when he is wrong. At least he didn't or he hasn't yet doubled down. I, I Actually, I'm looking at him now. I think, I think he's finally a believer. Like Brian said, Haltom is off to the best start they've had in 21 years. The Buffaloes are 6-0 after upsetting Euless Trinity. The score in that one, 48-34. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead and answered every Trinity score pretty much after that. Michael Black, I mean, we talked a lot about him on this show. Over 200 yards and three touchdowns. Brian and I both think they're going to go to 7-0 and this week when they host Abilene. Uh, but after the Trinity game, Brian, you talked to head coach, uh, that'd be Buffalo's, uh, Halton Buffalo's head coach, Jason Tucker. Here's what, he, here's what he said. Trinity's good. We knew that. We, we didn't mess around telling the kids. We, first thing we told them, uh, game plan-wise on Monday, is this is a good team. We're not going to tell you they're not. Um, we did say if we'd execute the game plan, we would have a chance to be in the game with them. And if we're in the game with them long enough, then and we make some plays down the stretch, we, we can beat these guys. And, uh, and our kids believe that. It didn't take any special convincing from me. They believed it all week. Um, and they came out and they played hard. They played hard the whole game. Even when we made some mistakes, kids bounced back, made plays late. Just a great, great job by our kids. So before we move on to Azel, and we're going to get into them in a second, I, I am a little bit curious, and I'm, I'm sure some of the listeners are too, you is this is the first time you know I've been working here for a year, so I've I've seen a lot of of your interactions with teams, coaches, players. This is the first time I can recall, at least on the Twitter sphere, that you received some backlash. I think the Haltom folks were a little bit unhappy with you. Is is that a first for you? And if not, kind of what's the worst where you've kind of? I mean, obviously, you know, you're picking high school games, so it's not like. You know, it's a little bit different than pitching pro or college. But do you get backlash like that often? Uh, no, not too often. And and this wasn't really that bad. But uh, you know, when you when you struggle so long, and and obviously now you're you're doing great, you think you're on the top of the world. So um, it's deserving for Haltom. It's a long time coming, but uh, not too many instances where you know there's backlash on Twitter. I did. I was in the press box all game long covering the game, and I, I walk out onto the field uh, to talk to Tucker. And as soon as I got on the field, there was a couple, I guess, taking pictures on the side, and they saw me, and they said, and they, the lady goes, well, 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 look who showed up. It's Brian <laughs> Gossett. <laughs> well, you know what? At least, at least you went, you showed your face. You know, you're, you're, you're eating the appropriate amount of yeah. pro now. And, uh, I, you know, I did the whole, 
you know, bowing motion to, <laughs> to a lot of them. It's like, I'm sorry, forgive me. And, uh, you know, at, there's no, there's no uh, reason why Paltum shouldn't win out. They, they should go 10-0. Like you mentioned, uh, 21 years, their best start. Uh, actually, 97, they did go 10-0, 11-1 overall. Uh, that's when they beat DeSoto in the first round. I think I think they should at least finish the regular season undefeated. But if you don't uh, believe in Haltom, start believing. Well, I it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, I I wonder if the Haltom fans and and I know the players probably and coaches don't buy into what we say as much. But it'll be interesting to see if they continue to embrace that underdog role because once you beat a team like Trinity, Trinity, yeah. I, you know, secrets out. Yeah. So I you know I I don't think they're going to be. Not to say that Trinity was was taking them lightly, but I don't think they're sneaking up on anybody anymore. Yeah, and you you can read the story there on DFW Varsity, but um, it was Trinity's homecoming. It was at Painting Field. It was Trinity was celebrating their 50th anniversary since opening it up as a school. <laughs> they had all these things. They had a tailgate before the game, and Holtzum just silenced silenced the trojans yeah no it's an amazing game and again you can catch all our coverage on dfwvarsity.com and the star telegram's uh high school homepage. moving right along to azel the hornets beat boswell brian you were there uh at the pep rally with a facebook live what did you see from that and what did you see from this game yeah i need to apologize again because <laughs> i did not take azel uh, i took boswell two, they, two in one week you gotta you yeah, gotta do that it's rough and i went to their prep rally and and I had picked Boswell beforehand before going to Azo High School. <laughs> I'm sure the kids saw me and thought, you know, get that guy out of there. But well, in your defense, I mean, it, you know, people talk about, you know, from college to the uh, or co- NFL to college that you know you never know what's going to happen on Saturdays, and you can almost double it again for high, high school kids, right? Yeah. And uh, so Boswell had won three, two or three in the series. Um, a lot, a lot of people were taking them to win that district. I took them to win that district, but Azo came in. Uh, it was a home game, 41-27. Uh, they're six and one now, and five and zero in district. Not sure if they've ever started five and zero in district play. Um, I know they did win six games a while back, um, and then so Dre Owen having a good season continues to put up big numbers: 191 yards passing, 116 on the ground. Five touchdowns, uh, excuse me, six touchdowns overall. It's funny because I looked at the stats. Azo had 16 penalties for 180 yards. And still. And still won by 14 points. And I, I wasn't at the game, but I'd be cu- curious to see how, how, how did I, that. I, yeah, I mean, that's when you're giving away that many free yards on top of, you know, offenses putting up your putting up yards anyway yeah it's a hard thing to wrap your head around it is and and cody acres receiver had a had a great game his first game back from injury five catches 126 yards four touchdowns um i actually got off the phone recently with uh devin doris the head coach he mentioned it was his first game back from injury he was actually wearing a different number um so there was a little mix-up there uh, i guess there was a teammate uh his first name's colton Got injured in the summer towards ACL, and so Cody decided to honor honor Colton with wearing his number, and that's why there's yeah, a little mix-up. Yeah, incredibly touching. Yeah, right? and so Cody Akers, great game. Uh, he probably should have been, you know, receiver player of the year for us. Uh, excuse me, player of the week, uh, but I kind of missed him. So here's a third apology. 
Uh, sorry, Cody, for not putting oh, the you. Hat, the hat the trick hat of trick. Ryan yes. Gossett. Apologies. Yes, but watch out for Azo. I think, you know, they, they finish up at Chisholm Trail. They host Brewer. Then they're at Saginaw. I think they, there's 3-0 and right there, so they're going to be 9-1. and Good thing, too, is they have their bye in week 11. So they got a bye before the playoffs start. So watch out for Azo. So the only thing I wanted to ask you about Azel and um, Haltman, and they might be different. I don't know if the answer is going to be the same for both. But is it a case of the teams are really hot, coming together, playing good football? I mean, that's obviously part of it. Or is is these you know is this one of those for both schools? Is this one of those years where you know the talent really shines to the top? You have one class, whether that's a junior or senior class. It, what what? What do you think the the driving force is for each? And again, it may be different. Yeah, I think more so for Azo, it's it, they probably looked at it and said this is this is the year that we can make a run. Haltom, you know, obviously last year with their historic season, so it's been a couple seasons with Haltom. Michael Black just you know, right? Black is the yeah. he's a once in a lifetime player that that every coach wants. But um, I think for the most part, it's kind of you know. This is the year. This is the class that that's going to bring us to the promised land. <laughs> and so, um, but we'll see. With like with Azo, we'll see next year if if they'll build momentum off 2018 and continue what uh, just like what Haltom's doing. So um, we got a couple more games. We got a month one month away before the playoffs, and um, exciting to to watch the the district races end. Yeah. Before we skip ahead to August of 2019, we're going to stick with the state playoffs of. Uh... 2018, one month left to go before the quest begins. The march towards a state championship weekend at AT week and weekend at AT and T Stadium. That takes place right before Christmas. You know, you got, you got a lot of teams looking that are still undefeated. Still getting, get, you know, we're going into this is week eight of the season. Who who's left that's unbeaten? Yeah, there's uh, there's actually seven teams from our Fort Worth area that are still undefeated. You have Arlington Lamar who. Probably another surprise undefeated team. Jordan Williams led the DFW area with 400 yards rushing. Uh, it was a shootout, 63-42 win against North Crowley. Uh, Jack Dawson is actually leading the, the Fort Worth area with 23 touchdown passes. Again, something that you, you guys can look up on dfwvarsity.com. You know, Arlington's another one. We've talked about the Colts, and uh, that's going to be interesting for 6A because – Arlington actually plays Lamar in week 11. And if all things keep going going well with the wins, you know, that's going to be undefeated uh, district title matchup. And then you have Birdville, who another kind of surprise team. Um, and they might play Denton Ryan there in week 11, uh, which would also be another undefeated district title matchup. Real quickly, you know, as as in your in your sample size since you've been doing this and it's it seems like we talk about surprise teams and teams surprise teams that continue to play well every week can you remember a year where there have been more surprise teams were now again like now we're in week eight and you look down and you say gosh you know this team's still undefeated that team's still undefeated and a lot of them in this area right i mean is it is it unusual um no not unusual i mean i'm sure next year or, or the year after there's going to be another set of undefeated that we didn't expect. Um, but that's just the beauty of, of Texas high school football is you're going to have great stories like uh, Haltom or Azo or, or Birdville. Um, that's going to be in the mix to, you know, dethrone, I guess, the, the right word to for some of these 
area powers like a Trinity or um, I won't even I won't even include Alan. Yeah, I was gonna say that. No. that's a good that's that's a good segue and not. <laughs> yeah, and and back to Haltom and Trinity. I mean, I picked Trinity, and uh, it was nice to see Haltom. Uh, you know, the fans, the kids, just excited for that, and and it, it made for a uh, better story that Haltom beat Trinity. So. I'm all for that. Right, yeah, and obviously the the key for those upstart programs and surprise programs or returning programs is is to build on what they have this year and again build that into next year. But sticking with the undefeated teams in DFW that are in Dallas, you have Allen, you have Plano Prestonwood, and Ryan. You can find those again all on DFWVarsity.com. Brian, now one prediction from last week that you did 100% nail and. I was, I don't know if hoping is the right word, but I, I thought that Plano East might put up a bit of a fight, and they really, uh, with all due respect to Plano East, they really did not. Yeah. Uh, Alan, really, uh, that Plano East, like we said last week or the we- and, and weeks before, the crowd chanted, we want Allen, and they sure got him. Yeah, angry Allen showed out. 74-36. 74 points in a game that, I mean, in, in that in, in that district, right? Right. You think that there could be some pushback for Allen. And again, Plano East was undefeated too. And uh, I think it was a relatively close game in the first or second quarter, but Allen just punched them in the jaw. Big games from uh, Grant Tisdale, their quarterback, Ole Miss commit. Theo Weiss, one of the top receivers in the nation, uh, had a touchdown catch. 74 points for Allen. Um, it's actually their, their first time they've scored 70 or more in a game since 2014, which was Kyler Murray's senior year. And so they don't, they're, you know, Allen puts up a lot of these points, but, you know, to put up 70s is, is pretty rare. And uh, before we move on, just want to mention McKinney North, talking about a lot of points. 90 to 32 against Wiley uh, East. I don't, I don't know how there's there that much time for that in a high school football game. Well, guess what? They didn't. No one scored in the first quarter. Uh, 90 and, points in three quarters. Yeah, they scored 48 in the second quarter alone. Um, I was it's watching like, it's our like eight man football. Yeah, I was watching uh, Rick Renner there on Fox Sports Southwest. I think he said uh, it, they're the 21st team ever to hit the 90 mark, which is a cool fact there. But 90. I, I don't think I can even do that in, in Madden, but um, a <laughs> lot of points. Now, shifting gears a little bit to what we're going to, I think we're going to rename this uh, this this minute the Quentin Jackson minute because Ben Brook improved to six and one the year, six and one on the year, excuse me. Two late touchdowns to beat Dunbar. Big win there, 29 28. Close one, one point win. Uh, William Green threw a 21 yarder late in that one for the game winner, and Jackson. I don't know if we want to call this average, but he certainly uh, put up another big game, 329 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Brian, the numbers that you're about to tell me for running back in this area, I, I'd imagine that haven't been put up in since the Alito Gray days. Am I am I am I out of my you're, out of my depth you're there? Close, you're close, but. Um, interesting fact, and I'm going to do a story here on, you can catch it on Wednesday on, uh, Mr. Jackson, just leading the state in rushing, but Jonathan Gray, um, is actually his cousin. Oh, well, that, now, now, now it all comes together now full makes circle. Sense. Uh, it's his cousin. Um, and like you said, the numbers are just ridiculous. 
2,255 yards to lead DFW, to lead the state. Um, I think he is about 400 yards better than than the second-place guy here in Fort Worth, which is Anthony Watkins from South Hills. Also leads the, the state uh, in 27 touchdown rushes. He still continues to be third in the nation. He's second in the nation with 322 yards per game. And uh, spoke to him last week, and his goal coming in was 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Holy smokes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's just... Good Good to have goals, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have goals, but uh, yeah, I got to talk to him here. And he was actually surprised to see the numbers that he's been putting up. I'm real surprised, actually. I didn't think I was going to do this good. I figured I'd do good his senior year, but... I didn't know it was going to be like this, though, man. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it myself. My goal is 30-plus touchdowns in the least. I wanted 3,000 yards and to make the postseason. He's well, he's well on his way. He's uh, three more touchdown rushes to get to that goal, and um, Benbrook is sitting pretty with the playoffs. I mean, 6-1. and one. They got a big one in a couple of weeks, Kennedy, which will probably be uh, for the district title. Yeah, toughest test there, probably. Uh, and and quick shout-out. You know, I talked to – one time I was, was playing golf with a, a former Boswell linebacker, and he talked about Gray, and and they played at the same time. And what and, he, and obviously he didn't want to take anything away from Gray, who's one of the best high school players in his state, his Texas State history. But he did say also that at that time, Alito also had an offensive line that was just – almost unstoppable and I I yeah I think that that the Benbrook line obviously and I'm sure he has uh Jackson has credited them because I mean you don't put up those type of numbers without getting the push up front yeah the first thing I asked him was what's the difference because he had a great season last year as a junior but yeah you know he's already surpassed them um in six or seven games and first thing he said was offensive line and so um give the credit to the big guys up front the old line they they done they done got way stronger better man it's 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 easy i don't have to make people miss at the line of scrimmage you know i can pretty much run five ten yards without getting touched first and that's pretty much it and as me i don't even need as many carries no more to you know get that many yards it's efficiency so i thank my old line for that it's really the old line they got a lot better off season they was working hard coach made sure they was doing their job Last point on Benbrook, they get Diamond Hill. Benbrook's, again, 6-1. and one. They get Diamond Hill Jarvis on Thursday. They're off next week. That is Benbrook uh, before they get Kennendale on November 1st, and that game will be for the district title in 6-4A Division One. And I should be at that game. Okay. Uh, I should be at that game. That should be a good one. To really tell me if – and Canada's not the Canada they were last year. They went to the state sem- uh, state finals. Um, I do think Jackson will get his numbers, um, but just to play a defense like that, uh, obviously the best defense they'll face all season long. We'll see if Jackson can uh, put up 200, 300 yards again. But before I move on, just want to stick to Fort Worth ISD uh, with Pascal. And again, you can we'll have a story up on dfwarsity.com, but. Uh, Pasco won against Trimble Tech 35-6, and they actually snapped a 27-game district losing streak. Uh, their first win in district since October 2014. Talked to Coach Chris James, who's his first year there. Uh, talked to him yesterday. Things are going in the right direction as a whole. Pasco's has has had their struggles for many years. Uh, one one tip that he gave me was. 
they have four teams, varsity, JV, and two freshman teams. They're combined 14, 6, and 3 this season. Impressive. Last, impressive. Last year, those four teams, 1 and 29. That's a pretty big swing. I mean, you know, obviously you hope it keeps going in the right direction, and it seems like, you know, obviously they've turned things around already. Yeah. Now we look ahead to week Eight. Another great schedules. We're pushing towards the playoffs. Uh, Denton and undefeated Birdville on Thursday. On Friday, we have the top four teams. Now, this this is a slate. On Friday, we have the top four teams in 5-6A facing off with Fossil Ridge visiting Carroll and Geyer at Keller. I'm sure Carroll will, will be back on the docket uh, again in terms of talking about that game next week. Brian, what are you looking at with Geyer and Keller? Keller is... Uh really good this year um they, they're coming off a 30-13 victory against Eaton last week they actually had a, a pretty nice touchdown catch and uh got featured on Monday Night Football right Randy Moss right you got Moss you got Moss uh it was Sloan Henry their quarterback throwing a touchdown pass to uh, Justin White who kind of went over the defender in the end zone and and made a terrific catch so if you haven't seen it yet, you really should get on DFW Varsity and check it out. It is, uh, you know, in terms of catching a ball in the end zone with the defender, the throw, the catch, uh, it's hard to find a better one. Yeah, and it, I mean, it looked just like Randy Moss in his, in his prime. Um, I do like Keller in this one. Um, it's a home game. Saw him a couple of weeks ago against Carroll, and they put up some good numbers. Sloan Henry is uh, among the top passing leaders in the area. This will be a, a fun test because Keller, they haven't played a lot, but uh, Keller has not beaten Geyer at all. They're just on four. Um, I think they've outscored him by 70 or 80 points, but I think this is a di- different Keller team. Uh, they got two very good running backs, uh, Justin White at the receiver spot, Damon Smith, who's an athlete, and their defense um, can stop some people. So I do like Keller in this one. I think it's going to be close um, if I had a score prediction. Uh, 34-28. All right, careful with making predictions. You'll end up like last week again. In 7-6A, we have Lake Ridge at Cedar Hill and South Grand Prairie visiting Mansfield Summit. Mansfield Summit being 3-0 and in the district. Brian, what are you looking at from Lake Ridge and Summit? Yeah, and Lake Ridge is also 3-0 and in district, so they're tied for first. Summit is another team that probably surprised with where they're at. They're 4-2 overall. Um, both teams coming up from 5A. Summit actually beat Cedar Hill last week, 7-3, if you can believe that. Um, I know it was very wet outside, so um, not a lot of points, but Cedar Hill was undefeated. They were among you know the area's top 10 teams. People were high on Cedar Hill, but Summit uh, played great defensively. Brandon Tillman, 15 tackles. He's up for Defensive Player of the Week. Um, now Lake Ridge. Lake Ridge gets a test with Cedar Hill. You know, Are, you, are we going to get angry Cedar Hill trying to bounce back from a loss. I do like Lake Ridge in that one. Lake Ridge puts up a lot of points. Um, you know, as long as it's not rainy and wet outside on, on Friday, you know, I do like Lake Ridge to win a close one. And then I think Summit over at R.O. Anderson uh, will take care of South Grand Prairie and uh, improve to 4-0 in district play. Now, if you want to harass Brian again, you can find him in Keller on Thursday night for Byron Nelson and Timber Creek. And then on Friday at UTA's Maverick Stadium, a huge, I don't want to say intertown game, I guess it, it kind of is, Arlington against 
Martin, that game means a lot for both teams, obviously. Yeah, I think Martin, you know, they, they started off, uh, I believe it was 0-5. They've picked up a couple wins. Um, people knew that Martin probably be the fourth place team as long as they beat someone like a North Crowley. But um, I still think they'll be in the playoffs. They'd be Division One, Then they actually might get Euless Trinity in the first round. That's a big-time matchup. Um, Arlington, like we mentioned a lot, they're undefeated. They're trying to stay uh, pace with Arlington Lamar, who's also unbeaten, trying to get that Week 11 undefeated matchup. So it'll be my first time to watch both teams, and I'm excited to watch Arlington. Uh, Jahari Rogers uh, is second in the Fort Worth area in passing yards. I believe second in touchdown passes, too. Uh, great great receivers. Trey Cleveland's a Texas Tech commit. Karon White playing out of his mind on the defensive side. So I like that one. I do like Arlington in that one. I think Arlington probably win that one. Uh, score prediction, probably I'm going to say 41-24. You know, you're lucky you get to pick these games uh, straight up. Good thing that they're not making point spreads for high school football games. A few other games you're looking for in the region. What else are you looking at? Uh, We have Crowley and South Hills, which is an interesting game because J.J. Resendez, head coach at Crowley, he got hired in the spring. He spent the previous eight seasons at South Hills, pretty much putting South Hills on the map. His offensive coordinator, uh, Michael Harp, is the Scorpions' new head coach. So it's kind of a reunion game there. That'll be at Crowley. And then some others that uh, the Star-Telegram will be covering, if you want to go check it out. Uh, Newman Smith is playing Grapevine. It's Grapevine's homecoming, but it's at Pennington Field because uh, Mustang Panther is still under renovations. Foxahatchee is playing in Mansfield. Alito against Cleburne, Everman Burleson, and Sam Houston versus North Crowley. We're going to tack on one more thing at the end to the end of the show and that'll be a quick note on high school volleyball another week closer to the playoffs the season finale uh wraps up for teams on tuesday that's next tuesday i believe uh brian take us through it what are we looking at some good ones uh not a lot of teams have clinched playoffs um and there's a lot of teams in dallas fort worth so district titles up on the line playoff spots uh up for grabs you know, this, this past Tuesday, we had some good ones. You know, Flower Mound Coppell was a first-place battle. Saxe and Wiley was another one, Plano West and Prosper. Um, Keller and Byron Nelson. You know, Alito was going for first place at, at Wichita Falls Rider. Friday, we, we got some other good ones. You know, Cleveland's trying to make the playoffs in 14-5A. Red Oak trying to win that district title. You know, Lake Ridge and Cedar Hill there, bottom of 7-6A. Uh, Burleson's having a really great season. Uh, Emily Rich is is playing out of her mind as a sophomore hitter. Uh, Waxahachie gets Mansfield, which is a 1-2 matchup, but I do like Waxahachie in that one. Um, Richland and San Angelo Central. Uh, Boswell's playing Birdville and, and Hebron against Flower Mound. Those are all on Friday. You can actually catch me uh, next Tuesday, the season finale, Colleyville Heritage at Grapevine. That will likely be for the one seed in their district. I know Colleyville's got an edge there against Grapevine, but um, you know if Grapevine can win, uh, they will share the district title, and then they will decide tiebreakers to determine the one seed there. But it will be exciting for that one. 
see, I'm not even to the stage where I'm pitching high school football games, and I'm definitely not pitching high school volleyball games against you because I know that I need to stay in my lane, uh, as the kids like to say. But a few quick scheduling notes before we leave you for this week. Again, once again, you can find all of our content on dfwvarsity.com as well as well as the DFW Varsity uh, Twitter page and Facebook page. And we're also going to add one more uh, r- uh, wrinkle to this. Um, in addition to the fact that you can find the, this content and, and all the stories um, on my Twitter page, PT, PT uh, underscore Dawson. Um, and Brian uh, is at Gossip 41. Real quickly, in terms of stories, what do you have coming today and tomorrow, Brian? Uh, I got the five things. They're up on DFWVarsity.com. We have power rankings in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Again, uh, I visit with Ben Brook running back Quentin Jackson. We also have a lot of content uh, in terms of stats. We have week seven leaders, and we have season leaders uh, for the Fort Worth area. You can find all your favorite players who are leading in passing, rushing, and receiving, and then just looking forward to the game starting on Thursday. For all you Halton folks out there, I tried to convince Brian to leave them uh down on the list so you guys could continue to have that chip on your shoulder but he would not do it he's full-fledged mea culpa um the last scheduling note in in addition to where you can find our content on all those pages we're going to add one more uh kind of area where you could find this podcast we're going to put this uh in a story form Uh, so uh this week uh all the dfw teams and fans and coaches and players out there can find it but especially those haltem and azel folks because we obviously spent a lot of time with those two teams on this episode. But uh, that'll do it for Brian and I this week, and we're going to look forward to recapping all of next week's action as we move forward toward the Texas State playoff. Everybody have a good one.